text will also be up on the screens for us. And uh, join me now as we read together. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone, the one who seeks finds. And to, to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How often do we pray? Usually that kind of question gets a response like, oh, well, not often enough. Some of us have developed routines of morning prayer and evening prayer. Some of us say grace before every meal. Some of us will pray as we're going down the road or watching the news. Some of us are just a little squirmy and uncomfortable to talk about prayer. Some of us are, are uncomfortable praying in the presence of other people. I, I've realized over the years as we enlist laymen and laywomen to lead us in worship and in praying and in reading Scripture, um, uh, that a lot more women are comfortable reading Scripture in worship than are comfortable praying in worship. My guess tells me that's because most of our women haven't grown up having the model of women praying in worship. So it seems a little odd to them. I'm glad in our church that, that we get to maybe change that narrative a bit. 
Some of us are uncomfortable praying in the presence of others, but the reality is some of us are faltering in our prayers even when it's just us and God. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it. You know what? Sometimes when you don't know what to say, the best thing you can say is nothing. Just be still. Be quiet. If prayer is a conversation, maybe we take time to close our mouths so that we might hear God's side of the conversation. Sometimes I have found it helpful to pray the prayers of others. I've got a collection of, of prayers, and sometimes when I don't know what to pray, I allow others to guide me in prayer. Our own David Gushy and his wife Jeannie have written a marvelous book of morning and evening prayers uh, as a way to start and end the day in conversation with God. Some of us are uncomfortable with praying because we feel inadequate. I've, I know what it's like for us from time to have time to time have someone come to lead us in prayer and they've just taken us straight to God. And we find ourselves thinking, I could never pray that way. You know what? That's okay. That is perfectly okay. Uh, in his novel, The Last Juror, John Grisham shares this prayer experience. He writes, She began to pray. It was a lengthy prayer. She thanked the Lord for everything good, including me, her new friend. She prayed for those who were sick and those who might become so. She prayed for rain and sun and health and humility and patience. And though I began to worry about the food getting cold, I was mesmerized by her voice. Her cadence was low, with thought given to each word. Her diction was perfect. Every consonant treated equally, every comma and period honored. I had to peek to make sure I wasn't dreaming. I've never heard such speech from a southern black or southern white, for that matter. I peeked again. She was talking to her Lord and her face was perfectly content. For a few seconds, <laughs> I actually forgot about the food. She squeezed my hands as she petitioned the Almighty with eloquence that only came from years of practice. She quoted Scripture, the King James Version for sure, and it was a bit odd to hear her use words like thou and thine and whither and goest, but she knew precisely what she was doing. In the clutches of this very holy woman, I had never felt closer. God. Prayer can indeed be a powerful thing. We find in Luke's gospel that Jesus prayed, and it was on occasion of his prayer, which, by the way, for those that have been a part of our Mark study, Luke gives us a, a similar instance here. It seems like whenever Jesus tried to get some time to himself or some time with him and God, 
somebody had come find him and interrupt. Um, I remember one day when we lived in Rome and the boys were little. Elizabeth wasn't on the scene yet. And as I got home from work, this will tell you it was a while ago because the the phone cord in the kitchen went across the kitchen and I saw it disappear in the laundry room. And the boys were outside the laundry room door. And I opened the door and Priscilla was in there on the phone. She said, I've been trying to make this phone call all day long. And this is the only way I could get it done. I'm sure sometimes Jesus felt that way. Finally, carving aside time and space for Him and God. And as He's finishing up, one of the disciples comes and says, Lord, uh, uh, teach us us to pray like John taught His disciples. One of the the undertones, if you will, of the Gospels uh, is that John the Baptist had his own disciples, those who followed his teachings. And they would have, if you asked, they would have considered them disciples of John. And, and it was not uncommon at all for teachers in that time period to, to help their disciples learn particular prayers or to guide them in particular ways of prayers. And, and so Jesus' disciples are saying, hey, you know, Jesus, John's disciples, he's taught them a prayer. Would you, would you teach us a prayer so we can have one like the disciples of John? I want to stop here for a second and remind us that there is a certain discipline to prayer. It is a prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a conversation. But folks, in that sense, it's like any other relationship and any other conversation. We can work at it. We can discipline ourselves to grow in our experience of prayer. Uh, We can learn. Now, you noticed when I read the text that uh, the first part of this text sounded very familiar to the Lord's Prayer that we shared together earlier. But just different enough to be a little bit jarring. Luke's recollection of Jesus' prayer is not as long as Matthew's. Matthew's is the one that over the centuries has been incorporated into the worship life of the church. Like we say it together. But this model prayer, I believe, is not as much about the right words to say, but about the right heart to bring to prayer. We're reminded that prayer starts with God. Prayer starts with with us bringing ourselves into God's presence. Too many times we start prayer with our grocery list. You know, the things we want to check off line by line that we've made sure to let God know that we need or that we want. Instead of beginning our prayer looking to God, uh, Father, hallowed be your name. Recognizing God's glory and majesty 
God's incredible difference from us. Now, I believe that we come to know God through Jesus Christ and enter into a personal relationship with Him. But sometimes I'm afraid that that personal relationship with Jesus becomes a little too familiar and chummy. And we forget that God is the God who created the world. That God is the God who created the universe, who created us. And that Jesus is the very image of God. So we pray looking to God and giving God the honor and glory, the praise and recognition that He deserves. And prayer expresses our dependence upon God. Give us each day our daily bread. Give us what we need to get through today. I don't think there's any doubt that this line is meant to take us back to the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness and manna being provided, how much? Enough for each day so that we become daily dependent upon God for all of our needs to be met. And then it's interesting that this prayer seems to take sin very seriously. Forgive us our sins. First of all, that requires that we acknowledge that we are sinners. I know that's a big step for some of us. To admit that we were wrong. To admit that we've stepped out of bounds of God's best for our lives. But we ask God to forgive us of our sins with a connecting, a, a hinge there, if you will, that we might forgive others. Uh, Luke records it this way. I, I find Luke's version a bit bolder. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. I hope we're telling the truth when we pray that. Forgive us our sins, God, because we're forgiving those who have sinned against us. And sin is never in the past tense, folks. It's never in the rearview mirror. <laughs> it is our constant struggle. And so we pray asking God to help us avoid further sin. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us, deliver us from the evil one. A way to pray. Starting with God. A commitment to the kingdom of God. An expression of our dependence upon God. An acknowledgement of our sin and of our commitment to forgive those who have sinned against us. Remember, folks, all we're called to do is offer the same grace to others that we have received. All, all God is asking us to do is to forgive others as we have been forgiven. And then Jesus tells us this odd little story. It's nighttime. The doors have been closed 
it's locked. The family is asleep. One room house is very small. In all likelihood, the livestock were in with them in the house. It was crowded. And he hears a bang, 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 bang on the door. What? And he gets up and his friend says, you know, I've had a friend come in and it's late, but I don't have any food to offer. This is hard for us to understand on a couple of different levels. One, we're used to, you know, Walmart or Kroger being open 24-7. You know, uh, I, I don't... It's not just about groceries, though. I don't know how we did, how my kids completed projects in school, but that Walmart was open 24-7. Because you never know, never knew, at least with my kids, that you were out of poster board until 11 o'clock. Off we go to Walmart. We, we don't know, even in our toughest times, we have seldom had empty cabinets. We also don't understand the concept of hospitality that people in Jesus' day lived under. If you had a friend come by, even if they were unannounced, it was expected that you put out a spread. You just didn't offer them cheese and crackers. Now, now this was hard when in this day, uh, you only baked enough bread for each day because if you baked too much bread, it would spoil. But this guy knew that if he was going to have any reputation in the community, he better come up with some food for his friend. And his neighbor basically says, you've lost your mind. But he gets up anyway. Because his reputation's on the line as well. If he doesn't generously provide to his neighbor in need, then people will talk. Jesus uses this odd little story to set up a beautiful statement about prayer. Keep on asking, and it'll be given to you. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. I don't think Jesus is trying to tell us here that prayer is banging on God's door until He finally gives us what we want. What Jesus is trying to tell us here, folks, is that we can go to God in prayer expressing our needs and we go to a good and gracious and generous God. I, I love the... I was about to say the art that Jeremy found, but he actually created that this week. He has hidden talents. He is four years in and he's still holding out on us. But, but Jesus said, you know, who's gonna, whose son is going to ask 
or an egg, and his father would give him a scorpion. Whose son would ask for a fish, and the father would give him a serpent? Well, that's a rhetorical question. No father is going to do that. So how much more than can you and I as God's children If, if a worldly dad would provide for his children, how much more can we trust God to provide for us as his children? Now, I, I need to detour there for just a second to say this. Not all of us have had the blessing of that kind of faithful, generous, loving, gracious Father. But we are invited to place our lives in the arms of God. God the Father who will love us faithfully, who will love us unconditionally, who will heal and never hurt, who will be present and never abandon us. So how much more? The device Jesus uses regularly in the Gospels, and what a beautiful image for us. How much more? How much more? And I wonder sometimes what we settle for when God's desire is to offer us that how much more. We, we, we settle for what our culture says is good instead of receiving God's best. Uh, we find ourselves content with trinkets when God has all of His riches to give us. Folks, as we pray, as we pray, we bring ourselves, our needs, our hopes, our dreams, our failures, our faults. We bring them to a God who is present for us, who loves us dearly, and whose desire is to give us not necessarily what we want, but to give us what He knows in His love is best for us. How much more? How much more? Let's pray together. God, how we love You and thank You for Your love for us. God, we, we thank You for Your generosity for your faithfulness and your love. God, we thank you that we can come to you and in prayer open our hearts and minds, our hands to you to receive from you your very best. God, help us not to worry so much about the words we pray. 
but the relationship that we desire. The relationship that you desire for us and with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.